Channel 10. <laughs> I want to give you a big thank you for checking out the Channel 10 podcast and ask you to please support the show by subscribing, rating, liking, commenting, favoriting on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, uh, Google Play Music, wherever you get your podcast from. That little bit definitely helps us to grow and expand the show. Tell a friend to tell a friend. If you have any questions, comments, sponsorship opportunities, or just want to say what's up to the Channel 10 Podcast, you can shoot us an email, channel10podcast at gmail.com. Or you can also send us a text or leave us a voicemail. Just hit us up at 443-885-0997. Also, please check out channel10podcast.com. There you can check out all of the back episodes of the show, as well as keep up with everything that Singard Superior and myself, Artic, have going on. There you'll also find links to all of our social media to connect with us. And also, you can order a t-shirt by clicking on the link at the top of the page. Also, you can show support by shopping through our Amazon portal at no cost to you whatever you buy we'll get a little percentage of it so you know definitely show some support we really appreciate it channel 10 podcast presents the wu-tang podcast where we break down the wu-tang clan's discography album by album check it out at wu-tangpodcast.com and search for wu-tang podcast wherever you get your podcast from Definitely rate, subscribe, support that show. Tell a friend to tell a friend. We really appreciate it. Aside from this podcast, both myself and Singar Superior have a lot going on. You can check out all of Singar Superior's new music by going to SingarSuperior.com or looking out for them on iTunes, Apple Music, Spotify, Tidal, wherever you get your music from. Same thing for myself. Check out everything I have going on at TheAlmightyAR.com. We used to be like, see, that channel 10. And we used to think the people would catch on. You know, but if you're not from Queens, <laughs> if you don't got Time Warner or whatever. Like, well, I, I got to that. do it, yo. Yo, what up, man? It's a different channel, son. What up, on, man? What up? Watch the channel, son. Different plane now, man. It's all good. What up? All good, baby. In every hood, son. What up, yo? CNN. Network. Channel 10. It's on again. Street niggas is grown men. Whoa, face. Get in your face. Stay in place, yo, crime lace, cast more beef than Scarface, CNN, Network, Channel 10, it's on again, street niggas that's grown men, bold face, get in your face, stay in place, yo, crime lace, cast more beef than Scarface, you, once again, we're back, it is the Channel 10 Podcast, and it is I, the almighty ARR Tick in the building, and I'm alongside, Singa Superior. And today, we have a very special guest. It's been a long time since uh, we've had a musical guest, but, um, you know, today we have a very special guest by the name of Mark Shray, straight from the DMV. Say what's up to the people. What's up, everybody listening? Yeah, and, um, you know, it's, um, it's pretty interesting, um, you know, just going through your music and hearing your perspective and some of your interviews, you know, being a younger artist in the game, um, you know, so I'm really excited to hear your perspectives. But um, you're from Fredericksburg, Virginia, right? Yes, Fredericksburg, Virginia, located smack dab in the middle between Washington, D.C. and Richmond, Virginia, an hour each way. Okay. Now, um, what's it like growing up there? It's Nah, it's nothing special. I mean, it's just a little um, somewhat rural and uh, uh, what's the other word? It's not really inner city, but it's it's a little it's a little town area. It's a little bit of farmland, a little bit of towns, and that's pretty much it. Now, when you um, have you had uh, much experience like venturing into Richmond or DC? Uh, yes, I went to Richmond multiple times. That's where I actually recorded um, the Weirdo Project last okay. year. I recorded the entire month of September down in Richmond, not far from the VCU campus. Mm. Okay. Um, now, um, coming up, you know, what was your upbringing like? Uh, well, 
What do you mean exactly by that? Because, I mean, like um, I, could, I could go into one section or I could go into all of it. Um, like, basically, um, you had uh, older siblings, right? Yes. Okay, and um, they were your introduction into hip-hop? Yep, I have uh, yep two older brothers in their 30s, in their mid-30s right now. Okay, so what's, like, your earliest memories of hip-hop? Um, well, let's see, probably back 2008-2009, mm -hmm. probably my mm -hmm. earliest memories of listening to hip-hop, I mean, My brothers used to play music all the time in the car. They'd always do hip hop stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh I just Man, I don't even know. Uh, they like, just kept they just mm -hmm. kept showing me music. I always kept hanging with my brothers every weekend. Mm -hmm. Um and we'd just be bumping to some music in our car and I just got caught up in it. I just started downloading it myself after I found these uh, uh, online sites where you could download the free music from. Right. And Bandcamp, and I just kept, I just kept downloading and finding new artists. And then I came across a couple artists that a lot of, or some people may know of. You know, for example, uh, Fora, out in California. He started, I think it was back in 2010 or maybe 2012. One of those two years, and I came across him with my brother, and this was back when he first started, when he dropped his first project, um, and I'm still listening to him to this day. So I got to give props to my brothers for, you know, helping helping me get caught up in music. That's what's up, cause like, you know, I'm I'm um, I'm 29 right now, so like when I came into you know learning about music. Um, I've realized that I had some research to do and I had to go back and listen to some of the things that came before me. Um, and, you know, listening to your style and the way that you rap, you know, you actually rap, um, which is, you know, a bit different than a lot of people or the perception of a lot of people from the you know newer generation and everything. So I was wondering, like, you know, what are some of the artists that first caught your ear that gave you that bug to want to do it? True. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. It, it, I, I really started out with uh, uh, just tons of, like, artists around, you know, 2008, 2009. Just mm. 2000, you know, year 2000 and up artists. Okay. Um, you know, just cats that are all underground. Mm -hmm. And then it wasn't until 2011 when... I purchased my first MPC, an MPC 2000 XL, and uh, that's when my brother started showing me a lot of uh, classic uh, rappers back in the 90s and producers like DJ Premier, um, Jay Dilla, uh, Exile, and Pete Rock, mm -hmm. and then I started going into uh, 90s artists like Cellar Dwellers and... and uh, CL Smooth and just all, all these artists. Okay, that's what's up. And and that's how I got my vibe for hip hop. You know, I started. I'm I'm you know I'm like an old head when it comes to hip hop, but yet I can still do this new age music. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm very yeah. versatile with it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, now um. You started off on the MPC, so you're a producer as well? Yes, I produce as well. I actually started out as a producer first before I started rapping. It wasn't until 2012 to 2013 was when I really started actually rapping. My brothers purchased the mic for me for Christmas, the Christmas of 2012 to 2013, and they said, look, it's time for you to start rhyming. And I was like, all right. <laughs> so that's when I started rapping and recording and getting into actual hip-hop music and becoming a, a, an MC. Mm. Well, 
You know, that's interesting because uh, when I was, uh, you know, going back and listening to your uh, to, to your older stuff back in high school and like your, your original name, the Seventh Chakra, I was like, this is an interesting name, but it seems like it's more of like a producer name. This is something that I, I did think like, you know, like those kind of big grandiose names, they tend to uh, kind of be, I guess, more or less producer names. So was that like uh, where it came from originally? Well, um. Originally, I didn't have a producer name. I was just producing in my basement, just making tons of beats. Um, and then I started rapping, and my brothers said, you need to find a name, and I just couldn't find a name whatsoever. Um, so then we came across uh, Seven Chakra because of I was big in... in uh, let's see, how can I put this? Um my inner self and knowledge of self with uh, all the all the seven chakras of the the, uh, the body, mm. Mm. and and they felt like that would fit for me. Even though I I honestly didn't like that name that much, but I couldn't think of a name at that time, so I just stuck with it. And if you look on the cover art of um, the high schoolers got the life by Seven Chakra. I actually put down in the right bottom corner, produced by Seven Shockers. So it, it is practically my producer name, and I still use that as my producer name, even though I don't really put, you know, I don't say that it's produced by me at all for any of the beats that I produce. But, yeah. Mm. Now, um, when you were starting... Oh, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I was going to say... um. Now, once you started to um, actually write and record, like, um, you know, was it immediate, like, as soon as you started, or as soon as you had the ability to record, you started writing, or were you, like, writing before that and, like, you know, you know, doing shows and stuff like that? I was actually writing way before I purchased uh, my MPC. I started writing back when I was in, like, sixth, seventh grade. Mm. I actually started I, back in sixth grade in my middle school. I was... Uh, I had these two other friends, a Hispanic friend and a, another Caucasian fellow who was heavy in, like, music. He was really listening heavy to uh, bands and rock music and, and metal and stuff. And we came up with the idea to uh, actually become a band, which is very embarrassing and, and horrible to say, but I'll admit it. We, were, we became a little band, even though we actually never performed or never got together and actually played instruments. But... My friend was going to be the drummer. My other friend was going to be uh, the bassist or the guitarist. And then I was going to be the lead singer and the guitarist as well. And I, I started writing a little bit of lyrics, and they were horrible and very short. And it was just, it was just horrible. And then I got into, like, seventh grade and eighth grade, and I started writing. But it was still, like, dark stuff that was just very depressing and sad. And it still really wouldn't make any sense. And it, not a lot of it rhymed. It was just very, very off. And and it wasn't until ninth grade, freshman year of high school, I actually started writing a little. And that was about the same time I got the NPC. I started writing a little better and got, you know, got a better flow and made sense more and had some more concepts to songs. <laughs> and then in 2013, I actually... After I got the mic, I actually started producing those songs that I wanted to use for the project and sat back and wrote songs and, and I recorded and they all made sense and they sounded good and, you know, at that time. And there you go. Honestly, I think those were the best songs that I ever wrote to a certain degree. I just wish I could, like, re-record them and put them on my future projects. But, you know, I can't do that because I can't just recycle an entire song. It's just not cool. Plus, mm -hmm. production was just totally different from what I'm doing now. Hmm. Now, uh, what is interesting about um, your, uh, your, your time as Seven Chakra is the fact that, you know, you Seven Chakra, the Crown Chakra, um, you know, your your lyrics and songs overall very existential. Like I think even I would even argue that, you know, a lot of your production is kind of like kinda of airy. I guess a bit it just has like a kind of layered sound and I guess kind of dreamlike. And then 
What's interesting is that your final, at least on your Bandcamp page, your final song is dedicated to um, to a friend of yours, Proverb. And it, and then after that, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so um, so what? So is so is there something that revolves around Proverb losing Proverb, and then you know you making this transition to Mark Shrey? Well, actually, no. He was just a good friend of mine. He actually helped me. You know, I met him. I met him through my brother. He was another another artist who was well known around. You know, kind of a over in overseas and still in the underground. Yeah, he's a good dude. Yeah, and um, I, I met him, and he liked how I made beats, and we, you know, I liked how his music was. He always had positive vibes and great lyrics, and we always wanted to do a project together. And, you know, I was going to produce it and maybe rap a little, and we was going to do it, and we never got a chance to. And, mm. you know, it is what it is. But that he, he had nothing to do. that Him passing had nothing to do with me changing my name. It, it was just, he, he was a good friend, and I had to do a little tribute song for him. You know, I was just in my feelings. I was like, man. Because it, it had been months since I'd seen him, too. I hadn't talked to him because he'd moved to Florida. And yes, yeah, so I never got a chance to see him again. Um, but yeah. I, I went to the funeral and everything. They had that back here in Virginia. So um, yeah, I actually, I, um, I actually interacted with him online a couple times. I never actually met him, but um, I think we ended up on some like posse cuts that people put together and stuff like that. But um, his website, you know, has a lot of good um, information for people who. Um, you know, and it's still up. Was it proverb dot net? Um, it has a lot of good information for up and, um, up and coming artists. So definitely, you know, rest in peace to proverb, and definitely check that out. Um, everybody listening. But yeah, from my um, interactions with him online, he definitely seemed like a good dude, man. <laughs> yeah, um, he was he was a good dude. Yeah. Um. So when it comes to um, you know putting out your first uh, project and, you know, getting it distributed and everything. What was that process like? Very painstaking and time-consuming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the whole the whole plan... Well, actually, let me start with my name change. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't like that name that much. I never really did. I never liked Seven Chakra that much. So I said, this is right after I graduated high school and uh, I was in college in my community college and I was like man I want to do music because I like it and I was dying to do another project because I was actually going to do like a whole 90s EP where it was all 90s beats and 90s flow and everything and I was going to do that um, in like late 2014 but I never got a chance to do it I never really got into writing any songs I only had like three or four beats that were actually 90s that I had made and only one of it was it was just a horrible thing so i was like you know i need a better name something that's you know people will like something that's different something that's catchy or just anything that's a good name and so i studied up on a lot of these artists that i see and it looks like a lot of their names a lot of their artist names match or are very similar or or go off of their their real names you know like um for example G Easy, you know, mm-hmm. um, his first name is Gerald and his middle name is Earl, and you know, the G, short for Gerald, it, you know, it's it's very similar. Um, let's see, another artist would be uh, Mac Miller, mm-hmm. you know, Mal, you know, Mac for short for Malcolm. It, it's just, I, I felt like I needed a you know, a name that was close enough to my real name. So what I did was I just, you know, my first name is Marcus, M-A-R-K-U-S. I was like, you know, let me just make it Mark. And then I took the last three letters of my name, uh, Chambers, which is the last three letters is E-R-S, and I just flipped it backwards and said Shrey. And, you know, it's kind of like Ray Schroomer, if you think about it. So I was like, I was like, you know, Mark Shrey sounds good. I like it. It's it's different. So I just went with that. And mm-hmm. then the whole process of 
working on the new project, uh, the, the Weirdo project, I, I wanted, there was really no concept or idea behind the project. I just wanted to make a project and drop it. I, I, I just had no idea of what I was going to call it or anything. Um, and then I just, you know, I, I told myself I was going to stop going to school and I was going to stop working my job and I was just going to take a whole nine months off starting January 1st of 2015 and I was going to go all the way until September 1st and write the music, produce and write lyrics all in my room and at home and whatnot. And then starting September 1st all the way until the end of September or probably October 5th or October 1st, I was going to be in the studio for an entire month um, recording and mixing and mastering all that stuff down in Richmond at a, at a professional studio. Shout out to the spot recording studio. <laughs> mm. Mm. Um, so that's, that was the plan there. And then it came around probably mid early to mid September. I was just searching on uh, Instagram and I, I was thinking to myself, I need some cover art. So I was searching on Instagram and I found this artist who uh, shout out to uh, Ray did it. And uh, he had all these pictures that he had drawn of these. He drew vector drawings of all these artists, all these famous artists like, uh, you know, Janae Aiko, Wiz Khalifa, um, Dizzy Wright, just, just Action Bronson, just tons of people, Chance the Rapper. Um, and I was like, you know, I like these drawings. So I contacted him through Instagram, and I was like, hey, how much would it cost to get this done? And he gave me a price, and I was I sent him, like, two or three pictures of my face, and then he drew it, and I was like, I love it. Uh, like, three or four days later, I got it back, and I said, I love it. And then I just put that in Photoshop and added um, added the uh, weirdo and the parental advisory and squared the image up and made that the cover art. And that was pretty much it. And then... After recording it and, and putting it out, I thought more about the project and I kind of turned it into a concept, even though it wasn't really a concept. But it, if you think about it, all those songs are kind of like the way I view the world in a way or my opinions on life. You know, even though there is like one or two songs that don't... Well, actually, no, let me take that back. Every song pertains to something that happens in the world or that happens within myself. So it's, you know, and I, I call myself a weirdo because I'm very different and the way I view the world is, is very weird and different, kind of. So that's how I came up with the idea for weirdo. Mm. Now, um, on one of the songs, um, I noticed you had a lyric about uh, chemtrails. Um, so I was wondering, yeah, like... So, like, um, I was wondering about, you know, your thoughts on, you know, are you into, like, conspiracy-type stuff? And, you know, like, like what are your thoughts on that whole thing? Yes, that, that comes from my uh, my my older brother, the middle the middle brother out of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's the one who really got me into the underground hip-hop, and he's helped me read uh, a lot of books. Um, and he's the one who got me caught up in conspiracies and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm into certain conspiracies, stuff that actually makes sense if you really think about it. Um, but, yeah, I, I just had to, had to put that in there. You know, these, like I said, these are the views, my views on life and my views on the world. So I had to put that in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, when, when it comes to the, uh, the, the project overall and, you know, you taking that time off to, you know, to write and create, um, you know, we, well, we, we both, we both like produce and write and everything like that. And I was curious to know, um, how did you, how did you come up with like a balance or, or, or was it, or did you have like a regimen when it came to writing and producing as well, or just, was it just based on whatever inspired you at the time to go ahead and write or to go ahead and, uh, and make some beats? It was honestly what inspired me at the time. You know, I never force anything because forcing stuff just doesn't always come out good. Either you you make, you know, you force something and it doesn't sound right or 
you just don't like it overall or you just don't feel good about it. You know, mm. I, I never try to force anything. I always try to feel something, you know, either I, I'm in the mode, I wake up, I have a good breakfast and I'm like, all right, let me just lay back and make a beat. So then I find a sample or I just start messing around with sounds and I make a beat or I'm just in my feelings because I'm mad at somebody or I watch something on TV or, you know, I'm in my feelings because I'm just in my feelings. I just start writing a song. You know, that's that's just how it is. And it, it really depends on what the topic is and how I truly feel at that moment. That's why I can write stuff. Like, I'll, I've actually, like, for example, for the Weirdo Project, a song titled 1992 on that project, mm-hmm. um, that was actually originally supposed to be on my... 90s EP back in in late 2014, um, but I actually wrote that song back in like 2014 and never finished it. I only wrote the first two verses, and it wasn't until probably March or April of 2015 is when I actually wrote the last verse. Like I'll write songs and I won't finish them, and I'll just leave it. But, you know, just leave it and work on something else. And then I'll come back months down the road or even a year down the road and then actually write it, you know, finish it and actually put a beat to it and whatnot. It's it's very strange. It's it's just how I feel because I, I actually I had an idea for it or a concept for that song. And then I, I couldn't finish it because I just, you know, I just couldn't write anymore. So then I just stopped and then it came back to me again with another concept or something. You know, I, I read over the song every once in a while and then I'm like, Ooh, this idea popped up here. I could do this or this or this to end the song. And then I, you know, I choose one and I just start writing and it works. So mm. I, I never force anything. I always let it flow. Mm. Now, um, a follow-up question to that. Um, so w- when it comes to, uh, you know, at your, your old, your, um, your previous projects before Weirdo, and you know, you admitted that you know it's, it was more existential, a bit more dark, and with Weirdo, it's a bit more balanced. So you know, you have like your kind of like sermon for uh, from a Weirdo when you talk about chemtrails, more darker things. Then you have like your more lighter, like kind of lighter vibes with like uh, with Coasting. So was it like a change when it came to like what you were reading at the time when you were writing it, or just you know whatever? whatever you were thinking about when you were a bit younger, just kind of like, you know, you shook it off. Um, I wouldn't say it's a change. I just say, or a balance. I, I think I just, I knew I had to make production that was more mainstream, like that people would like that to, you know, to get their attention. And I always, regardless of if it's, you know, a, a good hype comedic, you know, a good hype song or a comedic song or just a very serious song. You know, even like Cheap, for example. Um, it's very comedic, but it's still, you know, I, I still give a, 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 a kind of, I wouldn't say a dark message, but just a deep message. Yeah, you know, everybody's broke. And, you know, nobody's got the money to be spending on, all on you know, tons of stuff all the time. You know, you got to be cheap sometimes to save money and make things work. And then even songs like uh, Coasting, you know, it's a chill, laid-back song, but if you really think about it and listen to the second verse, it's it's a lot darker than you think. Um, you know, I talk about uh, police brutality. Um, and also, it can be looked at as, um, well, I was actually going to shoot a music video for that, and I had two, two concept ideas for the video. Either I was going to get... Well, originally, the song was written as I get pulled over by a police officer and and it's just police brutality. But the second idea was I could actually um, be stopped at a stoplight, and I have a, another fellow black man hold a gun up to the window that's rolled down, uh, aiming at me, and it was going to be black on black crime. Um, just you know, it's just symbolizing that. I, I always here's the thing: I always have a message in my music, whether it's it's a good 90% of my music I have a message in, regardless of if it's comedic or a hype song that has auto-tune or, you know, just a, a, a chill, laid-back song. I always have a message, regardless. Mm-hmm. I always have to do that. It, it, you know, there's very few songs that will not have a message. Even Save It For Later has a message. It's just very hidden. 
<laughs> because right. you don't, you know, not not many people think about it. They're just busy like, oh, yeah, let's just hit up the Uber and so you can come over and, you know, save it for later. That's all the people pay attention to. But it's like, you know, when you get into the verses, it's a bit more subliminal and it's getting in people's heads. Yeah, uh, hopefully it's getting into people's heads. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and you know, um, just curious, um, because, you know, I've had many Nova, you know, Northern Virginia experiences, um, just going to the Art Institute of Washington in uh, Arlington, but, um, you know, what are the cops like out in Fredericksburg? Like, how is that experience out there? Um, it's, I mean, they're okay. I mean, honestly, cops are okay, like everywhere except for, you know, certain places that are really bad. But, I mean, it's they're okay. There are some bad ones, and there are some issues. I mean, we had an issue, I believe it was last year. I don't think it was early. It wasn't this year. It was last year. I don't know when last year, but it was, uh, I don't know if you heard about it. It went It went viral on Facebook. Um, there was a police, it was a guy, an African-American male, who got, uh, got in a car accident, like, a couple, like not even a mile away from the police station. And, uh, he hit another person and he, um, actually was having a seizure and the cops, there was like two or three cops came up and commanded him to get out the car and he wasn't going to get out the car because he wasn't responding really. And they just tased him. Mm. I don't know if they killed him or not. I don't know if they killed him. I, they might have, if not, they just, they just really hurt him, but um, they they yanked him out the car, and he was just having a seizure. And they just they weren't paying attention or not caring at all, and that was that was the worst thing that has happened. That that's up to date. <laughs> um, I don't know if anything else bad has happened with at least police issues, um, but yeah, I mean it's okay out here. It's not many issues. I mean, as long as you follow the rules, you ain't got no, you know, ain't got no issues. I've only been pulled over once. <laughs> wow. Wow. And I, you know. <laughs> wow. Cause again, like... <laughs> I, know, I know how to drive. Yeah. I, I, you know, I know how to drive. I don't speed all the time or I don't really speed at all. Cause, um, I, don't, I... I don't do no crazy stuff. I don't run no red lights. And I ain't never been in a car accident, so. That's good, you man. Know, it's all good on my end. It's like, I've had some experiences out in, um, it might have been Fairfax, you know, when the cops, they just kind of act kind of crazy for no reason. Like, you're not really doing anything, but they're trying to find something. And you can tell they're trying to ask certain questions to get you, but they don't really have anything. But, um, you know. Yeah, I, I, I know about that one. It, yeah. it depends on the certain counties. I mean, Fredericksburg, I don't really have any issue with. Um, like, uh, when you get out into the, the, the farm country area, it's a little bad depending on who the police officer is and who the driver is, mm -hmm. um, race-wise. Um, other than that, it's you won't really have any issues, or at least not, you know, any issues that I know of. <laughs> That's what's up, man. I, you know, I hope you stay clear, man, like, because <laughs> um, it's definitely serious out here. Um, yeah, and, no, and I appreciate that. <laughs> no, man, no doubt, man. Like, you know... Um, I mean, you know, just, just running through Virginia, um, you know, I, like, you know, cause you know, we're in Maryland, we're in Baltimore and, you know, I've had experiences in you know, what's considered the general DMV area, which is like, you know, I've been in DC and, you know, PG, Montgomery, Alexandria, Arlington, yeah. Fairfax, all of that. And, um, you know, it's very important to be cognizant of, of the laws when you cross certain state lines and, you know, things that might change. Um, because I know they're a lot harsher in Virginia when it comes to certain things and then certain things are not. Um, but, you know, it's definitely cognizant, especially, you know, when you're a, a bit more melanated in certain areas. Um, yeah, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> um, now... You have an interesting um, promo strategy when it comes to getting your music out there. Um, so I was wondering if you could kind of detail that a bit more. Um, because, you know, when we first, you know, came across you, 
it's like Marsh I haven't heard that name and then you go and you start to research the name and you're like oh you know you have some things popping and got a lot of views on your um on like a lot of your songs um so I was wondering you know what type of uh promo strategy and like what's your team like that gets your music out there well honestly there's no team whatsoever it's just me Mm. I I will admit it um I and I already have said it over two interviews I believe um it's just clickbait you know I know a lot of people don't like it but it works depending on the quality of music that you're clickbaiting people with um but that's that's the only thing clickbaiting is good it's 50-50 it's good and bad um it's good because depending on the artist that you use, the whatever name you use to, to get your stuff out there, it a lot of people will click on it and think it's that person and it will help you get views and and it's, you know, it's perfect. And as long as you make it easy for them to find out who the real artist is, then you pretty practically got it in the bag, you know. If you put, you know, if you do it via YouTube, you know, just put annotations on the videos and put links in the description, but, you know, do a smart URL or a, a tiny URL or, you know, don't just actually paste your URL from your music, even though you could, but, you know, you want to make it a little, a little more secretive. And the bad part about it is, you know, you'll find you'll the people who are mad at you for clickbaiting, they won't, you know, they won't support you. Or even if they like your song, they're like, oh, well, you lost a fan because you're lying or you're not putting in the effort to to promote your music. I'm like, okay. I mean, the object is to get it heard by anybody mm-hmm. by any means necessary, you know? You don't, you don't want to just, you know, you can't just put it out there. And it's crazy because a lot of people get mad and say, "Yo, man, this is this is crazy." But you should have never clickbaited. And I, and then I go and I'm like, I respond, and I'm like, "Well, if I didn't clickbait, you would have never heard this. It's right. just as simple as that." Right. So you know, you can't you can't be mad. <laughs> I, you know, it's 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 so it's good and bad. You can lose fans, or you cannot. You know, get a good majority of fans. But you know, if you you have a million views on something and a million people listen to it and you know and one you know a million people listen to it you you've got probably a good at least like 10,000 or 100,000 people that will that really like your music and will go and find you and and listen to you and see what else you have yeah i mean i was um you know normally when i see things like that it's a turn off but when i went on your SoundCloud, I, I, like I was impressed because, um, it was multiple songs and things that you had that had over a thousand views and things like that. So I'm like, it's not just that, you know, there's something else behind this. And then, um, you know, I go and listen to some of the records that you have, um, the especially the uh, paper joint that you had with the video, and I really like that song. Um, but you know, I can see that there's, you know, some, some, some added substance behind it. So it's not just, you know, like those people on Twitter who will just at a thousand people, but not try to make a relationship. And then, you know, by you actually going and responding to people like, you know, and, and, and explaining your reasoning behind it. And it sounds intelligent and it's like, okay, you know, I can't, I can't really front on that. So, you know, I got, I, I definitely had to give you props on that. Um, I guess when it comes to what's next for you, um, how do you plan on promoting your music um, going forward? Do you plan on like using the same strategies, or you know what have you learned to to, to kind of help you get out there more? Okay, um, I want to thank you for for giving me respect on the uh, on the content and what I what I speak about. No doubt. Um, and. Uh, to answer your question, I will continue to use the same strategy, but I will also add more to it. When I first started, before I even started doing clickbaiting, I was doing Twitter ads and Facebook ads. But mm-hmm. I didn't really know what I was doing, 
so I kind of just wasted money on that. But it did help a little bit, but not much. Um, but now that I know what I'm doing, and now that I have a, a song that a lot of people like, once I release the video to the song, um, to save it for later, which I hopefully will try and do the end of October, I'll try and release that video. Um, I'm going to put really, I'm going to put uh, I'm going to put an annotation on the Save It For Later video on, on my video and on the Post Malone clickbait video saying watch music video here and, you know, tons of people will click on it. And I will also um, do Twitter ads and Facebook ads of the Save It For Later video. And I also think I will, I might not even post the Save It For Later video to my YouTube channel. I might not. I might actually see if Hot New Hip Hop will release it or mm. see if World Star Hip Hop will release it. Or maybe even Elevator. I don't know. I'll, I'm going to look into it once I get it. I think I, I would love it if World Star Hip Hop would do it, but I don't think they will. So I might have to go with Hot New Hip Hop. And honestly, I don't even think Hot New Hip Hop will, but, you know, you got to try. So... You know, if worst case scenario, I'll probably just release it on my own channel. <laughs> All right. And call it a day. I mean, but you know, with I'm your own... Do... No, go ahead. I was going to say, with your own channel, you know, you you have the opportunity to actually monetize it and, you know, get some of that AdSense paper. True, true. And especially if that video goes viral or gets over 100,000 views. But, I mean, I'm making money from the clickbait channel, so it it doesn't, you know, it's not yeah. affecting me that much. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I can, yeah. I'm, I I will definitely monetize it if I release it on my channel. And hopefully I can get it released on Hot New Hip Hop, at least, or World Stars Hip Hop, because they just have a large subscriber count and following, and right. that video will go viral if it goes on one of those two uh, YouTube channels. Right. So at like when you when you first started recording to where you are now, did you ever expect to get fifty K on a um on a SoundCloud um post? No, I never thought so. I mean honestly this this is how it was. I you know, I released the Weirdo project, I did that all in studio, and while in the studio I learned a lot from the engineer. We we built a good relationship or, or you know, a friendship. And uh, he taught me a couple other things. I mean, he already agreed with me that I, I knew what I was doing, mixing and, and recording and mastering-wise, because I did the whole seven chakra thing by myself, even though I was missing a couple of things. He still told me I knew what I was doing. So then he taught me a couple other things, and then I was able to do it on my own. So then I was like, I don't really have the funds to do more music or go to the studio. So mm-hmm. I just borrowed my next door neighbor's microphone and cause he's, he's kind of, he was big in music. Now he's not really big in music anymore. And he's off at a university in school. So he's, he doesn't mind if I borrow his microphone. Um, so I bought his microphone and sitting in my basement and I just made my, one of my rooms in my basement sound pretty practically soundproof. And I just recorded down there and I started doing everything myself just so that I can save money and I can just be in the zone. Cause honestly, I feel like when I, when I was at the studio, I didn't feel right. I like, I felt nervous and I like being alone when I write music and when I record, you know, kind of like J Cole practically. Um, and I, you know, I can sing as loud as I want. I can curse as much as I want. I can, you know, I don't even like it when my parents are home when I record in the studio in my basement. Right. I just, I just like being home alone and I just do it. And I was, you know, spend an hour and a half down there or three or four hours down there. And I'll just record one or four or five songs. And then I'll just come back upstairs in my room and just start mixing everything down. And everything sounds, you know, in my opinion, I believe everything sounds professional. Um, you know, and honestly, you know, after releasing, um, let's see, the singles, you know, uh, One and the Same, Sushi, and uh, Opposite of Wonder. After I released those three tracks, I, I gained an idea of what I needed to do or how to mix properly. And then I went about releasing, uh, save, uh, recording and releasing Savior for Later, and then that's that was my final 
first song off my project, my next project, and I was like, I know what I'm doing. And then I recorded paper, and I, another, I learned another thing off paper, and then I started recording other tracks, and then No Better came, came around, and I dropped that. And now I, I just I'm sitting on a couple other songs, and then I still got some more stuff to write and record before I drop my next project. That's what's up. So what's mm-hmm. what's your studio session like? Like like well like what do you need to uh like like what's your atmosphere and what do you need before you uh get into the booth and record? Oh, I don't need anything. I could go in and um you know, I could I mean honestly I just need a glass of water or a cup mm-hmm. of water. And uh that's pretty much it. You know, I don't wanna eat too much before I go in the studio because then I get the itis. Right. Or I just feel, you know, and I don't want to be like starving because then I just, you know, I'm not focused or I'm just, you know, I'm not in the zone. Um, I think it's better when I'm mad or when I'm in my feelings. Like after I write a song and I go downstairs in the basement and record, it's better when I'm in that zone or in that mindset instead of waiting a week or two later after I write the song and then go downstairs in the basement because it just feels different. But, I, it, you know, it still comes out good in the end. That's what's up. And for all the uh all the nerd engineer audio file types out there, what type of um if you don't mind, you know, sharing your secrets, what type of um software and plugins and equipment are you using? Okay, well, I pirated Ableton Live eight. Mm. And that's what I've been using since two thousand eleven or two thousand twelve. Mm. Um, my parents bought me or my parents helped me buy my uh, uh Apple MacBook Pro, and I just pirated, I, I, you know, honestly, I pirate everything. I pirated Photoshop, uh, Adobe Premiere, which I, you know, Photoshop to make my cover art, um, Adobe Premiere to, to edit videos, which I have done the paper video I edited myself, and I will oh. edit the same with later video. Um, and uh, so I use Ableton Live, and uh, I use... For my plugins, I use uh, ProQ. ProQ for everything. Compressor. Um, I never heard of that one. Actually, I. Oh, you never heard of ProQ? Nah, no, I don't even either. I use the Waves actually, joints. Let me. Um, here, I'm pulling up Ableton Live real quick right now on my computer. Um, I'm using Ableton Suite 8, which is practically, you know, it's the more luxurious version of live. Right. <laughs> um, I actually started out on FL Studio, though, back in, like, 2007, 2008. But that was on my, my parents' PC, and it's long gone now. Um, actually, no, 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 no. I use Fab Filter. Fab Filter for all my, uh, for all my audio units or audio plugins. Um, you know, uh, ProQ and ProC. ProQ is the uh, is the compressor that I use to compress the entire song down before I go to master it. Um, I I would say I use Onterras for Auto Tune, but I don't. I just use GarageBand for Auto Tune since mm. Onterras won't work without the iLock key. Right. And I also master in uh, in GarageBand. Because it's very simple. It's not. It's not difficult to master. Um, and that's pretty much it. I also use for certain sounds. I use a massive, the massive VST. Yeah, yeah, I like that one. I, yeah, I use that too. <laughs> that's what's up. Yeah. Um. So. Um. So right now you're pushing, um, you're pushing the Save It For Later record, and you said the video is going to drop soon. Yeah, the video, I'm, I'm gonna try and drop the video next month. If I can do that, that'll be great. And that'll be it. That'll be the last thing I drop before I drop my project. I'm not gonna oh. drop any more singles. I'm not gonna drop any more videos. No nothing. No other content. It's just gonna be the Save It For Later music video, and then I'm off. I'm gonna be dead silent until <laughs> practically early January when is when I'm going to drop my uh my next project. I was going to drop it in early to mid December, but I got some things that I, I some things that I, I just had to set it back just one month. 
So it's 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 going to be in January, but I do not have the official release date yet. Well, I, I do, but I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell tell you guys yet. <laughs> Okay, mm-hmm. that's what's up. Mm-hmm. Well, um, and also, uh, uh, the first anniversary for Weirdos coming up too. So, um, so like very soon, in a matter of days. So, uh, you know, looking back on that project, how, how do you feel about it a year later? I feel like if I knew what I know now, I would ne- have never spent the money at the studio. I would have just recorded it all at home. I would have just invested in a good mic and called it a day. I would have, been, I would have just recorded everything at home because honestly, I after looking back and still listening to it now, I don't like the mixes that the engineer did. And I don't like how I recorded. I didn't like my vocals. I honestly felt like I was just, you know, I was anxious and I was nervous and I just didn't like that. So, I mean, honestly, I would like to re-record the whole weirdo project or, you know, take the lyrics from those. Cause honestly, a lot of those songs were great. Like even sermon from a weirdo, all the lyrics were fire. And I was like, I just wish I could just take that and put that in a new song and just, you know. A lot of those lyrics are good. And I feel like a lot of people don't pay attention to those because, it's, you know, that project's old and it's not, you know, not many plays or anything. Everybody likes Civic for later and paper. And now they're going to be going into the new project. And you know what? It, it is what it is. I'll just write better stuff or, you know, we'll see. I mean, it's a catalog builder. Like, you know, once you start to, to, you know, once your career starts to build, people go back and listen to the old stuff and see where you came from. And then, you know, all your stuff is on uh, Spotify and all that. So you'll start to, you know, get residuals off of that too. And then, you know, your new project will be even bigger. So it's it's it, like, it's not a waste at all, you know. Oh, you're right. It's it's not a waste. I I just wish it was more noticed. But right. you know, it is what it is. Um, but to, yeah, to answer your question, I I'm I'm glad that it's coming on to an anniversary, and you know, I still like the project, but it's I feel like it wasn't my best work. It wasn't. It didn't come out how I exactly wanted it to come out. Let's put it that way. Mm. I mean, I, I think that's how it is with every, with any album. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right, you know. We we always wish we could do more, and we always think that's not our best work. And yeah. you know what, it, it is what it is, you know. There's, there's always going to be stuff, there's always going to be music that you make as an artist that you might not like, but everybody else will love. And then there's always stuff that you might like a lot, and a lot of stuff, a lot of people won't like it. You know, it, it is what it is, it's... It's just life, so. Right, that's true. Um, now, when it comes to um, DMV hip-hop, um, where do you feel you fit into the scene and everything that's going on? I don't think I fit into the scene. Honestly, mm. there's just so many artists out here, famous ones and non-famous, and they're just all over the place, man. You know, you have Masego, and he's doing some crazy stuff. He's just all this singing and 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 saxophone playing and all uplifting positive vibe stuff and just weird like sounds and then you have gold link who is now singing a lot more too and and then you have Chaz french and he's rapping Mm -hmm. and singing again but i think a lot of us sing i don't know what it is because we're those weird guys you know new york is new york has always got that that just straight hip-hop vibe that's always like boom bap not much singing at all and then there's the west coast stuff that's you know the west coast funk like hip-hop and then mm. then you have a couple artists that will sing and they just do tons of stuff over there and then we're it's just us in the middle just doing weird stuff and it's it's really it's just the whole dnz in, in general <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i'm just my experience I mean, look, to... wale is singing a lot too now <laughs> yeah yeah I was wondering, like, um, because, you know, I was in D.C. in 2005, 2006, 2007 when Wale first started to pop. And I remember that whole energy behind that. And I was wondering, like, if you remember that time, I know you, um, you. No, I don't remember that. time. Okay, okay. (laughs) But like. like, I don't don't remember anything prior to uh, 2007, 2008. I mean, I don't even remember when when Dilla passed. So. All right, right, right. 
um one thing that that you know um just my experience in hip-hop and dealing with virginia um you know i went to um art institute of washington for audio production and um that was in arlington and like there were a lot of virginians in you know in that school and a lot of producers and you know virginia it's kind of known for producers. You have Timbaland, you have, you know, the Neptunes, you have even Bink from Rockefeller, who a lot of people credit the whole Rockefeller sound to that Just Blaze and Kanye, you know, took the torch from. Um, and when I was in Virginia, I met a lot of crazy producers who like just were ill with it. And I was just wondering, like, is there something about Virginia that breeds producers or... <laughs> Um, you know, the whole music scene just in that particular section of the DMV, um, you know, especially when you get to the outskirts, you know, like you're in Fredericksburg, like like you're like an hour from D.C. And, you know, you know, Pharrell and Timberland and them, they were a couple hours away out in um, what the Seven Cities area and everything like that. Um, so, like, is there something special about Virginia that 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 leads to, to dope production? Honestly, I have no idea. Mm. I mean, we do have a, a crazy mixture of artists and producers, and we just got a, an interesting, weird sound. I, I, I honestly can't answer that question. I have no mm. idea. I, I think it's just. No, I, I, I don't know what to say. Yeah, because it's <laughs> yeah. kind of a mixture yeah. of um of like South and East Coast, like because. You know, Virginia is considered part of the South, but it's still like East Coast. Like you listen to um, the clips, you know, they're, you know, te or, you know, they're technically Southern artists, but, you know, they have like an East Coast sound about them. And then, you know, when you listen to a lot of people from Virginia, you can't even place it. Like it's like some alien type stuff. Like this isn't North, South, East, West, whatever. It's just it's just music. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. You're right. I I can I can agree with that. Yeah, that's what's up. Um, so uh, what's the name of your next project? It is going to be titled "Still Dreaming." Still dreaming. Um, dreaming. Dr dreaming with no G and just an apostrophe. Okay. And is there like a concept behind that? Yes, the whole concept is is just go, you know, me officially being on the come up and going forth, achieving my dreams. And then I'm still dreaming of being at the top and also going about how anybody can achieve their dreams, you know, just keep work, keep working hard at it and just find out what you really want to do. And you'll eventually get there. As long as you put in that effort and you take the time and you devote, devote yourself to it, you'll, you'll succeed and you'll, you'll achieve your dreams. That's what's up. Now, um, are the singles that you've released most recently going to be on there? Yes. Starting with Save It For Later and Paper and No Better, those will be on Still Dreaming. Okay, that's what's up. And um, I guess um, in closing, you know, how can people reach out to you? Catch me on almost every social media platform. On Twitter, at Mark Shray. Mm -hmm. Actually, I think it's at Mark underscore Shrey. Yeah. Yes, it's at un Mark underscore Shrey. Um, Facebook is Mark Shrey, at Mark Shrey Official, or just, you know, Mark Shrey Official. Um, Instagram is just Mark Shrey, or at Mark Shrey. And YouTube is Mark Shrey Official. And SoundCloud is uh, soundcloud.com slash mark underscore Shrey. That's what's up, man. Um, we're definitely looking forward to a new project when you put it out. Definitely keep us in a loop and we'll, you know, blast out everything. We definitely, you know, appreciate having you on. Um, and, you know, definitely appreciate the music um i'm not gonna lie this paper joint that you have that's my song right now like i, I like i really like that song um i also really like save it for later um but paper i really gravitate towards and you know for everybody listening you know definitely check out the weirdo project because there's some dope records on there too um and you know 
Check out Mark Shrey at all of his social media and everything. Um, DMV, Virginia, everybody, you know, stand up. We're here. We're in the building. Channel 10 Podcast. Channel10podcast.com. And uh, we out. Peace. Peace. Feeling this here. Yeah, son. Feel it, man. Roll up, son. You got to just do it, yeah, yo. Man. Yo, roll up, man. It's a different again. channel, son. Roll up. On, man. Roll up. Watch the channel, son. Different plane now, man. It's all good. Roll up. All good, baby. In every hood, Bridge. son. Roll up. Yo. CNN. Network. Channel 10. It's on again. Network. Street niggas is grown men. Bold face. Get in your face. Stay in place, yo. Crime lace. Cast more beef than Scarface. CNN. Network. Channel 10. It's on again. Street niggas that's grown men. Bold face. Get in your face. Stay in place, yo. Crime lace. Cast more beef than Scarface.